0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store.
1: Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. We gotta bring in a new voice, a
0: young voice, a rising voice. Grace Curley.
1: You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and The Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Grace Curley Show. Happy, happy Wednesday. You've made it. You're halfway through. Just keep on trucking. We're almost there, and we have an excellent program ready for you guys today really stellar stuff including a special guest in the one o'clock hour um, and we're gonna talk to Toby Leary in the two o'clock hour. he's also a special guest. It's 2A Tuesday on a Wednesday and so if you had any questions that you didn't get uh, answered the last couple weeks or if you were looking to get on yesterday today's the day to do that. And I want to start, you know, we're going to talk about Hunter Biden, we're going to talk about the uh, Israel-Hamas prisoner hostage swap, and all of that. But I wanted to start today with a little bit of a lighter story, because it got me thinking. So yesterday, Jared, we were talking about, or maybe it was last week, we are talking about the White House decorations, right? And... I made note that some publications, including the New York Post and the Daily Mail, were writing about the fact that there were no stockings um, anymore. There's just none. They did away with that. They decided to scrap the whole thing rather than add a seventh stocking for Navy. And there was a dog. There was a German shepherd statue of Commander, despite the fact that Commander is no longer in the White House. We actually, this is one of the great mysteries Add this under the list of mysteries, right behind the cocaine in the White House. It's like, where did Commander go? He, you know what they call this, Jared? Because influencers do this sometimes. You'll hear of these young influencers who get pets, and really, they're just they're just getting pets for likes. They want to add to their social media presence, and then when they can't handle it anymore, because they want to go on all these uh, sponsored trips to Bali, they rehome the dogs, and people get canceled for this. If you rehome your pet, you are persona non grata it is not a good thing to do i don't know why people aren't more concerned about where commander is but that's neither here nor there so i'm seeing this i'm seeing the decorations and i thought to myself as we're talking about the biden traditions you keep you always hear about the biden family traditions this is a this is a family that really cherishes their family traditions including but not limited to staying at the home of billionaires on Thanksgiving in Nantucket. Uh, I have another one for you, Jared. St. Croix. Remember, they had, there was that puff piece about why, why Joe Biden loves to spend Christmas and New Year's in St. Croix. And I'm thinking, I think I could figure out Very why. obvious why. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Add me to that list of people who would enjoy spending a week in St. Croix. But there are all these traditions that they love. And so as I was thinking about these decorations, I thought about LL Cool J. And I was like, oh, it's, you know know the song, it's the most wonderful time of the year. For me, when I thought of LL Cool J, that's the immediate song that came into my head because I'm like, this is the season of LL. This is the time where he comes out. Mariah Carey gets a lot of credit around the holidays. LL Cool J doesn't get as much. This is the time of year where LL comes out And he hosts the Christmas tree lighting. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, he did it last year. No, I Googled this. I did some research for this program. This is the guy. They have chosen him as the man, the MC for the Christmas tree lighting. Now, why am I talking about that? Well, today, when I logged onto my Twitter very early in the morning, I saw that the White House Christmas tree had toppled. That's right. The national Christmas tree had it weeble wobbled and it did fall down. It fell down. Kerplunk, and then it had to be kind of lifted up with a crane. Now it fell down not because of pro-Palestinian slash Hamas, uh, because as we'll get into later, the they're not really differentiating anymore between if they support innocent Palestinians or if they support Hamas. A lot of these protesters are making it clear they do support Hamas. But this wasn't anything to do with protesters or demonstrators or social justice warriors. This was the wind. You know the song Blame It on the Rain? Blame it on the wind. The the tree fell down. And a lot of people pointed out that this sums up the Biden presidency. And if I didn't have a more serious, better poll question today, which I did, I would have asked people, what do you think sums up? What image sums up the Biden presidency more? the birthday cake that looked like it was the portal into the underworld, or the Christmas tree falling down. But this really, Jared, it garnered a lot of attention online.
1: It's just another example of the Keystone Cop-style half-assery of these morons. So you blame them. And these tacky department store Christmas (laughs) dress-buying, non-family-acknowledging grifter trash scumbag.
0: Wow. Oh, so you blame you don't blame the wind. You blame the people putting up the tree.
1: I blame the universe for delivering this type of vengeance on the Bidens for everything they've done.
0: Can we talk for a second? Sorry, I'm here? not in a
1: great mood today, apparently.
0: I didn't notice. I think you sound fine. Um can we talk though for a second, Jared, about when a Christmas tree falls down? Because I'm gonna tell yeah. people something. When I was younger, we're going into the curly family time machine here, which we don't do often. But once in a while, I'll trot something out. When I was younger, we used to get pretty big trees and always like a real tree. And we decorate it or whatever. And we would put it in one of those stands. My mom, every couple of years, would get a new stand that was supposed to do a really good job. But almost once a year, we'd all be asleep. And it'd be like two in the morning. And then all of a sudden you'd hear just thud. And it had all the ornaments on it. So you'd hear a couple of them break. And then I would hear my mom in her room go, Oh God. And then she'd have to go downstairs, lift it up, get it straightened out. It was such a distinct sound. I would have loved to have been around this tree when it hit the ground because it's just, it reminds me of my childhood, to be honest.
1: Yeah, we we used to get real trees too. One year, I do remember the uh, we got a new stand. It was a like a plastic stand with the screws. Yep. Instead of the metal one, and I, it was ninety seven probably ninety six, and yeah, it it fell over. So you were so. like thirty five at the time. Yes, I was.
0: <laughs> no, you have to get you <laughs> so have, have to, to get go a good get solid. Saw. Y- you have to get a good solid stand though. Yeah. That's
1: plastic stands.
0: No bueno. No bueno. Um, yeah. So anyway, so the, this this Christmas tree falls down. A lot of people are saying this is the Biden administration in a nutshell. I want to point something else out, though. I wrote a piece today. This is a little shameless plug. I wrote a piece in the Daily Mail. And I always get excited when I write something for the Daily Mail because they just they have a really, really huge uh, viewership. A lot of people tune in. A lot of people who aren't even political, they go on the Daily Mail every day because it's a lot of tabloid stuff and people like it. And I wrote about the stocking stocking gate. And it cracks me up because the amount of hate in the comments of this article, first of all, love it. Love it. Keep giving me the clicks. I appreciate it. I'm thankful for all of you. But the overall theme of the hatred was, wow, this is what you care about, the stockings. And I just want to say, coming from the side of the political aisle that spent over four years worrying about Melania's shoes and Donald Trump's ketchup on his steak and the the Christmas, trust me, Christmas decorations at one point were fair game. I remember when Melania would decorate the White House beautifully, by the way, and she would get right up after right up after right about how oh it was tacky or it looked evil or it looked like a horror movie this stuff was all fair game when it was donald trump but now that i'm pointing out the fact that joe biden can't seem to acknowledge his seventh grandchild i'm focusing on things that don't matter i'm being here's here's a word i really liked petty i'm being petty so i wanted to tell people out there if you're feeling petty like i am check out my article at the daily mail dailymail.com it's Just scroll down just a little bit. You'll see it there. It's a big picture of the mantle with the stockings on it from obviously last year, because this year there's no stockings whatsoever. Wanted to put that out there, though. And that is not
1: petty. And it is important because it plays into the narrative of Joe Biden as being a grandfatherly guy who loves his family too much. That's the main defining Feature of the Biden presidency for the uh, media trolls.
0: Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Decency. Yeah, decency, compassion,
1: uh, family, all that stuff. And, it, and that stuff matters. Like, those small little details matter in this sort of thing.
0: You know what, Jared? In the words of Elaine from Seinfeld, another piece of the puzzle falls into place. That's all we're talking about here. It's all part of a larger picture. But I'm just here to paint one small corner. Of the portrait for you, um, so check that out. And another thing, I want to let you guys know: we're going to talk about uh, the the serious situation with these hostages. They're coming back now. The stories are obviously heartbreaking, um, and, and they're not going into full detail. A lot of the press, for good reason, they don't want the the remaining hostages to be punished or to be put in more danger if details come out, because obviously Hamas doesn't want these details to come out it uh, runs contrary to a lot of their propaganda that they're pushing and that the rest of the liberals in this country are helping them push. And we're going to talk about that. But I also really today want to talk about a story that I've been seeing murmurs of. I've been seeing a couple people talking about it online. And I saw it. And sometimes I'll look at something and I'll go, yeah, maybe that's worth a segment. And then it just gets, it snowballs. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more details emerge. The case of the kid at the Kansas City Chiefs game, Chiefs game is hysterical and I'll tell you why this is a Sandman situation if you don't remember Nicholas Sandman you should because he really gave us all so many reasons to hate the media even more than most of us already do he was the high school student he was on a trip to DC and he was confronted by uh, a Native American and he behaved fine he just stood there he had a MAGA hat on the Native American was uh he if you look at the situation the native american man was the one who was confronting him but the way the media spun it which we all know is they made nicholas sandman out to be this like white privileged racist maga supporter who was harassing a native american it was so bogus that he sued cnn and they did settle at some point and rumors are he got a huge payout just just a little refresher for everybody i hope i i hope i did that justice well there's a new sandman in town this young kid a, a small child goes to the Kansas City Chiefs game and Karen Phillips i think it's pronounced yeah it's C A R R O N but i appreciate the fact that a lot of right wing outlets are just calling him Karen Phillips um more of the classic spelling cuz he's being a Karen in this case he's a writer for Deadspin which if you thought it was dead it has somehow resurrected itself and Deadspin is back And so he sees this, right? He sees a picture of this kid. And he tweets it out and says how horrible it is that this young child is wearing blackface at this game. And there was only one problem with that. Well, no, there was a few problems with that. One is that he wasn't wearing blackface. So right there kind of a big hole we're poking in this narrative he actually had half of his face painted black and half of his face painted red now jared i'm not a football fanatic i know a lot now about the chiefs because of my girl taylor swift dating travis kelsey last time i checked i think those are the team colors
1: yeah black is uh not one of the primary colors of the chiefs they're red and yellow but black is in the
0: uniform. Okay, so, so they wear black. It they qualifies. Have, it, it definitely qualifies. Absolutely. So he's wearing the Chiefs, some of the Chiefs colors on his face. He painted half of his face black, half of his face red. But Karen Phillips is not going out without a fight. He goes back and he says, "Well, this is even worse because he's making fun of. He's wearing blackface and he's making fun of Native Americans. He's being racist towards two different groups." Now, there's another problem here. This young boy's mother reveals that he actually is Native American. There's so many layers to this story. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it with a very special guest at 1 o'clock. So don't worry. If you've been waiting for us to get to that, we will. Don't go anywhere. I wanted to remind everybody we're headed into Christmas. And then before you know it, I always say, Jared, these things catch up so quickly. It's like a, it, it's, you, you hit Thanksgiving and then you blink. And you're at Christmas. And everybody knows once you hit Christmas, New Year's is right around the corner. You don't even have time to catch up before it comes. And one of the things that I always tell people about the New Year is it's a great time to turn over a new leaf. It's also a great time to do something for yourself. People put themselves last. They wait on things. And you shouldn't. You should actually take care of yourself. Give yourself uh, a gift this year. Give yourself the gift of a new smile and a smile that you're proud of, a smile that will build your confidence when you walk into a room. The better you look, the better you feel. And the artists at Perfect Smiles, including Dr. Houghton and everyone on his team, they are artists. They know what they're doing. They can help you transform your smile. So if you want to check out Perfect Smiles, just give them a call. You can call them. They'll take it at your own pace You can figure it out step-by-step. Take care of yourself. They're conveniently located off Route 3. They have plenty of parking, and you can reach them at PerfectSmiles.com. That's PerfectSmiles.com. Change your smile. Change your life. If anyone's worried, by the way, about LL Cool J, the lighting is not for two more days. I I checked in on this, Jared. I have a Google Alert set for LL Cool J Christmas tree lighting. We've got two more days to figure this out. So let's hope they get it together. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m.
1: This is the Grace Curley Show.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Jared just said to me in the green room, the fact that these people can't put up a Christmas tree is just sad. They really can't do anything right. And, you know, Jared, I used to talk about how I thought there was a saboteur. It's been a long time since I used that word. What a great word. It's the only time my French comes into play. A saboteur in Kamala Harris's administration or her team. Because she's always bungling things. She says, she says these, uh, she puts out these word salads. You really almost can't believe that someone actually maybe wrote this down or that this even popped up into her head. And she always has these weird like uh, home good style quotes about things that have been burdened by what's unburdened by what has been as time moves on. But time stands still. And that's the thing about time is that there is so much of it and yet there is so little of the time that we have burdened. Just things of that nature. And I used to say there's someone in this administration or in her team that is trying to trip her up, that is trying to bring her down. Now I'm wondering if there's just someone in the White House. Like, who is this person who is managing to bungle everything, like even the things that should be simple, even the, the birthday cake tweet and the Christmas tree? No, not so fast. Not so fast. And you know what this kind of brings me to and we're going to talk more about Israel and um, I think I
1: just figured it
0: out. Oh, go ahead. You you have a theory, sir. The saboteur
1: of the Christmas tree? Yeah. The Easter bunny. Oh my god. Inter holiday infighting. Squabbling. Squabbling ker kerfuffling.
0: Oh my gosh. Kerfuffling?
1: Jared. I don't know what the word would be.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the Easter bunny's like, hey, hold on a second. Because he really doesn't get that much play. He no. got a lot of play that one year where mm-hmm. he was leading Biden around and Hunter was on the White House lawn. But after that, kind of fell by the wayside. Kind of, you know, was overshadowed by the other holidays. Doesn't get nearly as much attention as those two stupid turkeys every year liberty and bell or whoever jared doesn't even think they bring in new turkeys he thinks it's the same ones just you know put up and they over and over into
1: the j6 gulag and bring, drag him out once a year
0: oh god that's dark my friend yeah you know what jared it's not a bad theory it's not a bad theory and uh i think you might be onto something but i wanted to talk about something else here because we're talking about social media and how the biden administration manages to mess everything up and it got me thinking because there's this crazy story about a top-ranking... So yesterday, Jared, we talked about a senior Pentagon official. This story about a senior Pentagon official who was embroiled in this scandal of a human trafficking ring. I think it was in Georgia. And then today I have a high-ranking CIA official who boldly shared multiple pro-Palestinian images on her Facebook page just two weeks after Hamas launched its bloody surprise attack on Israel. Now, we can get into the conversation, which I have other stories that tie into, after the break about how this has officially crossed the Rubicon. A lot of people now are not pretending that it's, oh, no, I'm just, I'm not supporting the terrorist group. I'm just supporting, I'm just supporting the innocent civilians. If you saw the town hall in Oakland, you know, that's gone by the wayside. This is now fully Americans supporting Hamas and proudly, proudly supporting Hamas. But this got me thinking of something else, which is why do people who have these jobs Feel the need to post anything on social media. I saw Mike Pompeo today. He was on TV and he was talking about how if you're in the CIA, you shouldn't be posting pro Israel. You shouldn't be posting pro Hamas, pro Palestinian. You shouldn't be posting anything. It's just an easy thing to not do so you can keep your job. We'll talk about that. And I want to play some crazy sound from CNN when we get back. Don't go anywhere. We'll take your calls. It's the Grace Curley Show.
1: Live from the Aviva Trattoria
0: studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. It is Wednesday, and the cyber deals are pretty much over everywhere, except for at the Grace Curley Show. GraceCurlyShow.com. If you get a paperboy, you can get one signed and free shipping. This is a really good deal. People are hopping on this for a limited time. Receive free shipping on your autographed copy of Paperboy. Read all about it. I really love this book. I mean, I've read all of Howie's books, but this one, this one is probably my favorite just because there's something in it for, for everyone. There's, you know, if you're a Kennedy person, he touches on that a little bit. But he really does do uh, a lot of deep dives into his career, his personal life. And it's interesting. It's just interesting. And as someone who knows, I think I know Howie pretty well. Still learned a lot about the captain while reading it. All right. So we just mentioned Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris has this effect, Jared, where if I think about her, then she pops up in the news. It's kind of like if someone tells you, oh, (laughs) The suspect is driving a blue car, a blue Toyota. You start to see blue Toyotas everywhere you look. I was thinking today, damn, it's been a while since we've heard from the VP. You know, Joe's been in the news so much for all of his gaffes. But where is his right hand woman? And then just like that, there's a headline on my TV about how Kamala Harris is kicking off a Latino event ahead of 2024. I think she's going to try to help bring in the Latino vote. Sí, that was my first thought was like, what about Jill Biden? She seems to have a really good handle on this. You know, we've seen Jill connect with this base. And um, I don't know why she has gotten the boot here. And they've let Kamala Harris take over. Plus, Kamala Harris has so many jobs. She's she's in charge of getting the young voters out there. She's in charge of the she's in charge of abortion rights. She's in charge of A.I. She's in charge of the border. She's in charge of the moon and the sun and the stars and, and filming YouTube videos with child actors and and Venn diagrams and school buses. How much more can this woman take? Her plate, Jared, is full. Enough is Enough. All right, now I do want to talk because we have a really jam-packed show today, so I should get to some of these more serious stories. Now, this story caught my attention. I had mentioned it before the break. A high-ranking CIA official boldly shared multiple pro-Palestinian images on her Facebook page just two weeks after Hamas launched its bloody surprise attack on Israel. The CIA's associate deputy director uh, for analysts, for analysis, sorry, changed her cover photo on October twenty first to a shot of a man wearing a Palestinian flag around his neck and waving a large flag. The CIA agent also shared a selfie with a superimposed free Palestine sticker. Now we can get into why this um why this viewpoint is so prominent right now in our society And it's it's very, very bizarre that a lot of people are happily sharing not only uh, Hamas propaganda, but just very anti-Semitic points of view. But this made me think of something else, which is why do people in these high ranking positions feel the need to put stuff on social media? Well, why does everyone because it's not I get it like you want to share something. Part, Part of my job is to share things. So I understand. But I will tell you this, Jared, if I didn't have a job that benefited from me being on social media benefited from me interacting with people getting people to like even today I said to people if you hate me if you love me I don't care click on the story click on the story I need clicks the stories in the daily mail by the way but if I didn't have a job where I could benefit from that I don't think I would be on social media I certainly wouldn't be on it for political reasons
1: no I worked for Disney for 13 years and and one of the things there's a lot of rules when you work there um even though i was with espn uh one of the things that tell you is you know be careful i wouldn't put anything on social media it's not worth it because it it just wasn't worth it there was a lot of stuff i felt but i was like eh you know what it's not worth it and i you know i didn't see that as being silenced or anything like that i just was like yeah i'm not gonna put this out on social media
0: i was thinking today jared i don't need a record of this if you could give young kids advice because sometimes we do that stop
1: filming everything you do all the time. Stop do not have your things. entire life filmed.
0: Stop posting things on social media. Like you, it's not going to help you. No. And really, that's the question that people need to ask themselves. Sometimes is is this is this benefiting you? Like we do all these things every day that don't benefit us. I think about it all the time. Sometimes when I'm feeling really. And this is not a good word as far as I'm not winning any uh, Scrabble points here. But when I'm feeling really losery, I have to take a minute and go, why am I feeling losery? Oh, it's because I just scrolled through a bunch of mindless crap for 30 minutes on Instagram. And I feel like a piece of garbage. And people are putting up stuff, whether it's pro-Palestinian stuff or whatever it is, I just don't understand why you think it's worth it. You have a high-ranking job. I'm assuming based off all these jobs, you're making a ton of money, probably have great benefits, but you have to put up a picture of yourself with the Palestinian flag or a guy holding a Palestinian flag so badly that you're willing to risk it all. And maybe that's part of it is that they really don't think they're risking it all because they're like, well, my viewpoint is the right viewpoint. You know, my viewpoint is the celebrated viewpoint. But I was watching Mike Pompeo today and... I don't want to misquote him, but he was basically saying you shouldn't be sharing anything. If you're in the CIA, you know, if you're a senior Pentagon official, you should not be sharing any viewpoints on social media. It's not the job to be doing that. Most jobs, most jobs are not jobs that would encourage that. If I had to guess. 844-500-4242. Okay, now, speaking of the viewpoints on what's happening in Israel, um, there was a very, very strange town hall in Oakland. And part of this narrative that I am just so sick of hearing is that, you know, disagreeing with the Israeli government doesn't make you anti-Semitic. That is true. That is 100 percent true. But that's not what's happening here. What we have here are people who are denying what happened on October 7th. By the way, I'm sorry. My voice is like up and down today. I have I have a little bit of a cold and I think it's coming through. So this was Oakland residents and I want to play this for you. Um, This is cut five please Jared. There's not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October
1: 7th calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous racist and plays into genocidal
0: propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat. Hold on pause it right there. We are now getting stories from these hostages. That Hamas made these children watch videos of what happened on October 7th, which is, you know, their own people being slaughtered, raped, beheaded, made them watch videos of it. And if the children cried, they held guns to their heads and told them to stop crying. We are now getting reports, and I don't know if you can even believe it because it's from Hamas. So who knows if it's true? I I kind of tend to think they're lying, that the 10-month-old that I talked about yesterday with the red hair, the youngest hostage victim, is dead We're getting reports that people have lost, you know, 15 to 20 pounds. They were kept alone in cells, like just horrible, horrible. The women were kept in cages. Horrible stories about this. And the residents in Oakland, some of these residents, think that it's racist to call Hamas a terrorist organization. They don't want us to besmirch the good name of Hamas. Do I have that correct? And and you know what? You might be listening to me every day talking about these things. And you might say to yourself, all right, Grace, like enough. We don't need to hear about, you know, the hostages again today. But when I see these spoiled, rotten brats in the United States of America who want everything for free, who want you to pay for their dumb degrees from these Jew-hating universities, and they're going to deny what happened, I feel like I have to talk about it. I feel like I have to talk about the little girl who came home and her dad is now saying that she she won't even speak up. She's just completely whispering. And she went under her covers and she cried all night long and she cannot be comforted by anyone. These people are traumatized. And, and you know what, Jared? I Speaking of that little girl, I go back to what her dad said when he was so happy that she, he heard she was dead because he thought the alternative is so much worse. And when I see the look on these people's faces when they get brought back, I understand exactly what he means. He asked his daughter, this man asked his daughter, Emily, how long did you think you were in captivity for? And she said, I think a year. That's how long it felt for this little girl, a year. And then you have people in Oakland saying that they don't want to, you know, we we wouldn't want to hurt the feelings of Hamas. We wouldn't want to, you know, we wouldn't want to disparage them. And you might say to yourself again, you might say, well, Grace, that's just crazy people in California. And I'd give you that. But how about the U.N. Women Deputy Executive Director, Sarah Hendricks? She was on CNN. This is an unbelievable cut. I'm going to play this for you and then I'll react. This is cut four. Is there a reason, though, Sarah, that you can't specifically call out Hamas and the mounting evidence now over seven weeks that Israeli investigators have collected that we've shown our viewers about the atrocities they committed specifically on October 7th? Because I think that's the crux of the issue here. It's not just condemning sexual violence against women and in any war in general. It's specifically what occurred on October 7th perpetrated by Hamas. Indeed. UN Women always supports impartial, independent investigations into any serious allegations of gender-based or sexual violence. And within the UN family, these investigations are led by the Office of the High Commissioner of Human Rights. And just to provide a little bit of context in terms of UN Women's role, UN Women specifically provides and has extensive knowledge on gender-based violence and provides and supports investigations as we do with all UN investigations. And so consequently, in this context and within the UN system, it is the Independent International Commission of Inquiry which for us has the mandate to investigate all alleged violations. It is absolutely Blah, 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 Uh, blah, blah, blah. Are we sure that an AI chatbot didn't just take over there? Because halfway through, it stopped sounding human to me.
1: Some great alliteration at the end.
0: (laughs) It started sounding like... uh, You know, Jared, she could answer that question in five words. Of course I condemn Hamas. Boom, done. But that that would be too simple. Instead, let's do backflips to try to avoid disparaging the terror group that's raping women. I mean, some of these stories that I won't get into because they're too graphic, I I just don't understand how you could even claim to care about women, how you could even claim to care about victims of sexual assault and not outright condemn this group of monsters. And by the way, Howie had a caller the other day. It was such a great call because he said, oh, Howie, you know, why, why do you want to help Israel and you don't want to help Ukraine? And how he said, well, first of all, we have a vested interest in helping Israel. We don't have that in Ukraine. And second of all, once it, once it leaves Israel, it comes here. Like, we're, we're the next stop. And the thing that he said that really stuck with me was he said, this is a battle of civilization versus savagery. And I think that's really lost on people. And that's why you have to read this stuff. You have to watch this stuff. It's painful. Listen, the people, the people in this office can vouch. I read this stuff every day. I get very upset. It's it's not um, it's not light reading. I'll tell you that right now. But it's important because these young people in this country, they are so they are so out to lunch. And I want to I want to play for you one more thing. But, Jared, go ahead. You had something to say.
1: There are only two reasons why you cannot condemn Hamas. One is that you support what they're doing. Okay. The other is that you're afraid of retribution for condemning them. Those are the two options. Which, doesn't that, by definition, make them a terrorist organization if you're afraid of retribution?
0: Yeah, but you know what I wonder? if It's someone like this woman right on CNN, this woman, uh, Sarah Hendricks. Do you think she's—so let's eliminate option one. And let's just give her the benefit of the doubt. She doesn't support Hamas. She's afraid of retribution. Do you think she's afraid of retribution from Hamas or from the left wing mob that has now taken, that, who from are both. acting like Hamas is the latest boy band on the block? They have like posters of them in their room. From a, um, a
1: Hamas cell doing something somewhere or from the left. Yeah, I think she's afraid of backlash against...
0: From the Ivy League group, From the I Ivy think. League
1: crew from the United Nations where she's, like, subcategory working or whatever, and from, yeah, from the international media, from Hamas, the community. Like, all the, and and it's that fear. And, again, it's terror. It's based on terror. By definition, that is a terrorist organization.
0: And the UN's been terrible on this. That's something that's the UN's lost. Terrible in general. Yeah, terrible in general. But they've been this especially been awful on October seventh. Um, you know what? I'm going to say this sound cut, Jared. I sent it to you earlier today. I just, I just saw it online. But don't you think it's, it really sums it up? The, uh, the former prime minister oh, of Israel. Goldemeier, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really good sound cut. We have two of them, so we'll play them when we come back. I'll
1: show you how little has changed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When was it from? 19s 19... It was in the seventies. Okay. If you've tried the thunderstorm air purifier from Eden Pure, you know how well it works. I know how well it works. And I know how well it works for so many different things. It works well in kitchens for kitchen odors, whether that be, you know, maybe you tried to make a full chicken and it didn't come out the way you thought it would, and you burned it, and everybody was disappointed. But hey, you turn on the thunderstorm, the smell is gone, and then you can just order Chinese food, and everybody's happy again. Or maybe you use it in your basement. You got that damp, musty basement smell. That's really hard to shake, but the thunderstorm can tackle anything, Jared. It's really really unbelievable the way it can handle smells, allergens, pollutants, and it just— It doesn't try to cover them up. It actually eliminates them.
1: Yeah, for such a small unit, and it is small. It's about the size of a computer charger, and you just plug it in and you turn it on. You don't have to worry about wires and and giant machines. And that small little unit, it doesn't make things smell flowery, like Grace said. It doesn't kind of give you a couple minutes of, you know, clean-feeling air. No, it actually purifies the air. There will be an absence of smell that is definitely noticeable it's been great for my allergies. It's been great in my car for any odors there, great in my house, great for diaper odors, all of it.
0: Yes, and if you want to order your Thunderstorm three-pack now, go to edenpuredeals.com, Use code GRACE and you'll get free shipping. Plus, you're getting a three-pack. So, sure, you can use it in your kitchen, your car, your basement, but you can also tuck one away as a gift. Have it at the ready For Secret Santa, for a swap, you know, for just a panic gift. If someone gives you a gift and you don't have one for them, this is a perfect gift because... It doesn't matter who it is, old, young, man, woman, everyone loves the gift of clean air. So go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE to get the three-pack and get free shipping. That's EdenPureDeals.com. This is code GRACE. Uh, By the way, we were just talking about the UN. and Fox has a chyron up. It says, UN, eat less meat to tackle climate change. We are not taking our advice from you on anything, especially eating less meat. No, thank you. Eat more Omaha steaks to tackle, I don't know, to tackle stress is what I'd say. And there's nothing like a nice steak to tackle your stress. We'll be right back with more Hang on the Lines. This is The Grace Curley Show.
1: The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Today's poll question is brought to you by Tux Trucks. Two big names in snow removal, GMC and Fisher, get both at Tux Trucks, GMC Fisher, and Hudson, Mass. Tux Trucks can build a GMC Fisher plow combination that will easily move more snow for you. Talk with a sales consultant at Tux Trucks, GMC Fisher. All the people there are really great um, and very, very helpful. So call 1-800-MY-TRUCK. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's
1: poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurleyshow.com. Is has the uptick in retail crime affected your in-store shopping habits?
0: All right. So at first I thought to myself I thought of this poll question because Governor Kathy Hochul has vetoed a bill that would create a task force to kind of handle or address the loss of billions of dollars to uh, from retail theft. That's occurring. This is from just the news. But then I saw a story that was even more perfect, Jared. And that was from the Wall Street Journal. There's a labor strike happening at Macy's in Seattle, three different Macy stores, but it's not over pay raises or anything like that. It's over the store's handling of rampant shoplifting. So this got me thinking, like have people changed the way they shop. The foot traffic is another way to put it. I'm gonna say yes. There's a couple of reasons why I, I shop online more now, but this is definitely one of them. 53%
1: 53 percent say they have not changed their habits 31 percent say they do more online shopping and only 16 percent say they do all online shopping
0: All right when we come back very special guest who I know uh, all my listeners love is going to talk to us about the blackface situation out of Kansas City Don't go anywhere.